0: Hello, and welcome to the Henry Books Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Muddett, and I'm the founder of Henry Books, which provides ghostwriting, book coaching, and publishing support to nonfiction authors. We're gonna hear from some of the amazing authors that Henry Books has worked with, and we're also gonna to speak to experts who can help you make your nonfiction book a huge success. Today we're joined by the book buyer of Better Read Than Dead, an iconic bookstore in Newtown in Sydney, Lexi Etok. Thanks a lot for joining us, Lexi. That's okay. You're so welcome. Um, I love Better Red than Dead. Um, for people who may not have been to your bookstore in Newtown, in Sydney, mm-hmm. um, could you please tell me about it? Like what it looks like when it first opened, and where it got this iconic name.
1: So Better Red has been around. For, we had our twenty sixth birthday last year, so Amazing. We'll be coming up on twenty seven. It's In terms of bookshops, it's quite big, I would say. We have, I don't even know how far down it goes, to be honest. It's quite big. We have a mezzanine that's full of just art books and cookbooks. And then we
0: also have a second level that's used for event spaces and to hold our book clubs. Mm, It's wonderful. And I love the colours too. It's all um, like the shelving is a beautiful kind of teal colour. It's very distinct. Yeah. And it's what about different. the name? Who came up with the name? I, The original owner came up with it, I believe, and it's
1: just a little play on communist slogan. Oh, I didn't realise <laughs> that. Yeah, so the original saying is uh, better dead than red. Really? Mm-hmm. Meaning what? So it's – I actually had a look. Into it the other day, and it's better to be dead than to be a communist.
0: Wow. And then some
1: people flipped around as better red, red.
0: Oh, I see. Of it's course, better read than dead. Yeah, that yeah. is very so clever. Probably a
1: little play on a communist slogan from the, I think it would be
0: the fifties. Wow! Probably when all of the Cold War stuff was going on. That's so interesting and very clever. Um, I would love to know what being a book buyer involves and how you how you became a book buyer. So I was very lucky.
1: I stepped into the role with, I was hired directly as a book buyer, whereas from my understanding, a lot of people do need to uh, work their way up from being a shop assistant, like a bookseller, and then they eventually work their way up into book buying. I was approached for the job, Mm. which was quite interesting. I was working in higher education at the time, but I'd been going to the book club, the book clubs through Better Read for five years, maybe. And then I started hosting them. Mm. I started hosting one. So I was already known to the store. I've been a customer there for has been over 10 years now. Wow. So... I was quite familiar with the store, knew how everything kind of worked. And then I was approached for the job, and I handed in my resignation at my other job
0: within two days. And so so you said you started... It all all started quite quickly. And it was November 2021 you began as book buyer? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I spent just two months on the floor, shadowing our previous buyer dean with other
1: meetings, and then... We did a six month handover because Dean had been in the job for so long, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she wanted to make sure that I was properly trained.
0: And then I started buying after six months. Well, must have caught their eyes having exceptionally good taste in books. <laughs> I have very
1: similar taste to the old twelve <laughs> buyer, so we didn't really disagree on
0: anything. So I think it kind of flowed along nicely. And how would you describe your taste in books? What catches your eye? I would say
1: probably literary fiction more than anything else. I read quite a lot of translated fiction, specifically Southeast Asian. And I, I also got that from Dean. I think she and I agreed on quite a lot of that and probably, yeah, definitely contemporary literary fiction. Right, nice. That's my main happy
0: place. I see. So, but I mean, gosh, you hold a lot of power speaking as an author, <laughs> you know, you're making these godlike yes, decisions. Worry, yes, I know. Every author wants to be in a bookstore, right? So like what, just break down like your different responsibilities. Do publishers come along with their list of new releases and you say yay or nay?
1: Every month. I see each publisher. Some of the smaller publishers I see once every two months. Okay. But all of the major suppliers I see once a month. And we go through everything that they're publishing that month. And it's either a yes or no, depending on whether I think it's going to work for the shop or not. We do have a lot of consignment as well, which goes through Jane, uh, our stock manager. Mm -hmm. And so he deals with all of that.
0: Can you please explain the difference between consignment and the purchasing you do? So I buy directly from the publishers Mm -hmm.
1: and consignments uh, tend to be books that are self published. So the author has gone along published, being responsible for publishing the books themselves and they don't come through someone like Penguin Random House.
0: Mm. so having james who's a wonderful person he was so kind to me when i published our home in Myanmar. he wrote a review on on your website it was the first review he said reading my book was like drinking a glass of wine with friends (laughs) and he was just so kind and so supportive he put my book face out you know it's not so that it was just the spine he was so supportive he would Yeah, a lot of that stuff with the indie authors. And Better read Than Dead, you know, the fact that you have a dedicated person like James to buying from self-published authors, are you quite unusual or is that a growing trend do you think? I would say, I would say it's probably a growing trend. There
1: was a book maybe two years ago that got long-listed for the Miles Franklin which was self-published so i think that sparked a lot of people's attention mm. but we do highlight our indie authors we tend to do little shelf talkers and stuff for them we also do quite a lot of book launches you certainly do yes we do so and a lot of them are for independent authors. Want to turn your unique story into something that you can share with others, with chapters you can flip through and pages you can dog here. Hembury Books is the place where your
0: story can become a book. Um I would love to know. When you are meeting with a publisher face-to-face and you're looking at a non-fiction book, what makes you decide to either stock it in your bookstore or not? So I would say
1: that for debut authors, it's more of a what catches my eye, what I think the customers are going to like. It's very dependent on the subject matter because some Books. Yeah, we, we do have a very specific clientele, I would say. It's widened up a lot over the last few years, but there are just there are definitely trends in what people buy here and what don't and what people don't. So I would say that that's the first factor. And then the second factor is if it's not a debut author, I would look immediately at the sales figures for the previous book, depend looking at how well we did, if we took it, if it didn't do too well, and map it out according to that. There are definite trends That's in publishing. Mm, okay. So if I think that something is becoming a little bit too
0: prevalent, I would probably cut back oh, interesting. on something. Okay what's an example of a trend that's doing well at the moment i don't know wellness or self-care or something like it tends to be very topical
1: so the when the invasion of ukraine happened within a month and a half we were getting sold books about ukrainian history read um biographies of putin and that just floods the market
0: i see yes that's interesting. Okay. So ADHD, ADHD is also definitely a trend right now. Because, pe- yeah, people want to learn about it. Mm-hmm. And the, all the books tend to come out at once. Oh, that's... We're also having a big Holocaust moment, which happens every year or two, but there's always a month in the year where everybody has a book about that topic. Right. I see. And then what about in um, memoirs? Are there any trends in that at the moment about what people are writing about?
1: I would say that memoir is a little bit more diverse. A lot of the memoirs in terms of lead titles, the ones that the publishers are really, really pushing come out around Christmas time.
0: And so quite a lot of them are about celebrities and musicians. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, sure ones that people are going to be giving as gifts.
0: Yes, okay. And is your busiest time of the year the lead-up to Christmas? Absolutely. October is the uh,
1: biggest publishing month of the year, and
0: so we'll see lists there that are twice the size Mm, as the the rest of the year.
1: And then definitely Christmas is our busiest time by far.
0: Yeah, because a book is a great gift. For young and old. It is a great gift. It is. And it's really nice to have customers come in and they're buying a book for every single member of their family. Oh, that's, yeah. They're they're a family of book lovers. They're my kind of people. Yeah. (laughs) It's really lovely to see um what's your advice to an indie author who would love to have their books stopped by better read than dead now in terms of the way that they present themselves how to put their best foot forward what
1: i would say that we pretty much take a chance on most things and just see how it goes because if it's coming through consignment, we're not we're not really losing anything on that. We can put it on the shelf. We can take a chance on it. Whereas when books are published through, say, a Lightning Source or Ingram Spark, we do have to pay money to get them in, and they're also not returnable which makes it a a lot more of a financial decision rather than going oh yes amazing we'll take xyz because if it doesn't go well then it is it is on the shelf forever until someone buys it
0: so yeah you're, you're purchasing the stock you fronted up the cost what about from a traditional publisher that's always returnable not firm sale I would say that 99.7% of the
1: stock on our shelves is returnable. So we can take that massive punt on a book going, yes, I think it has legs, so I want to back this. And we can do that and really throw our weight behind it. And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes Mm. you do get a book going, oh, this is amazing, this is going to do the thing and you sell one copy and then you're sitting there looking at the sales figures going oh
0: isn't well, it i liked it so it's a it's a it's reassuring to hear you say that because the market is such a wild beast you just the author doesn't know yes there's no certainty is there of what people will there's purchase not,
1: yeah there's absolutely no certainty at all and sometimes it is just saying well it's a gut instinct i trust my gut I'm going to throw my weight behind this book. And this is why I think it's so good that we feature a book of the month every month so we can really market it. We can really promote it. We can go, yes, this is our thing right now. Everybody take a look at sometimes even that it doesn't do well. Mm. But really, really backing it is a lot easier to do when you can go oh well in three months if it hasn't sold we can just start
0: return it yeah easy it returning it back to the supplier so that's kind of the cutoff point is it so you're happy to give some like say an indie author a try um and if their book hasn't sold within 90 days then the author will re- come and pick up those books yes yes i believe
1: that's how it works with consignment we tend to keep things for three months which is a general publishing maybe not publishing cycle but that's the cutoff point for when we do start returning books and james will have a look at the sales figures and go okay it's been face out it's been on the front table it still hasn't sold anything let's see if the author wants to keep it on the shelf Mm. if they want to come and pick it up
0: Mm, it's a it's a tough industry but the thing is there's only so much space in your store you just can't you know it's all the incoming books every year i don't know how many new releases you get every month thousands thousands yeah
1: thousands and we are a big shop and we do have more room than others but there are hundreds of books per list so going through them and sitting there being like yes no no Mm. no
0: you have to be really discerning it's a commercial decision do. it is it absolutely is and sometimes i will
1: sometimes it does come down to taste but a lot of the time it's do i think people in newtown or wherever they come from on the weekends are
0: going to pay 33 dollars Mm. For this book. Mm. And you mentioned because Better Read Than Dead is iconic on King Street, Newtown, one of the liveliest mm. parts of Sydney. How yeah. would you describe the clientele, the kind of people that walk in through your doors and their interests in books?
1: It's, I would say it's a big mish. It used to be a lot more focused, I think, but Newtown is gentrifying, it's getting yeah. expensive, we have a lot less uni students shopping with us mm. than we used to, mm. classics, like classic fiction is a huge area for us because we do have the university down the road and um, students are studying English. and they'll come and they'll buy them and a lot of the time that's their entry point Mm -hmm. into shopping but we have a lot of parents come in, a lot of grandparents, we have quite a large children's section Mm -hmm. and that definitely picks up at Christmas as well because everybody is buying books as gifts. There are books that we tend to do quite well with, music is a big section for us mm-hmm. as well as australian studies politics and culture whereas there are some areas of history such as royal history that have never really gotten legs and <laughs> like, well, you're like yeah it looks great and then you stare at it you know hey,
0: still no one it is, Our customers still aren't really interested in Boleyn. No, it is it is not a, a Monarchist heartland at all. Newtown is it? No,
1: definitely not.
0: How would you describe um, the state of health in the industry? Like, there's been a lot of disruption. You know, even as far back as eBooks and stuff. Are people still buying lots of books? People
1: are still buying books. Maybe is not. Maybe not as many as. Some of us would like mm. Christmas is always a really nice time because you see that people are still buying books and they are still coming out in droves. It's just the problem that Christmas is starting that little bit later. People are stressed for money.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. Retail is a retail is a little bit difficult right now. Yeah, but I would a- say that people definitely are still buying books. I would say that. DDSs, like direct department stores such as Big W and Target, Kmart are a big issue because they are selling books for less than we pay for them.
0: Yeah, they and they customers. really they make it really tough because, and often I've heard that the author may make nothing because they're, they're $20 paperbacks and uh, there just isn't enough left over to even really pay the author or it's 50 cents a copy or something right. ridiculous. So, yeah. They're paying, they're selling books for less than
1: we pay for them. And then, thankfully not too much, but we do have customers coming in going, well, X, Y, Z is selling it for this much. Will you price match? We're going, well, no, you are paying for us to recommend books and to have a large curated what? section. Mm. It mm. can be a bit difficult when customers do come in for recommendations and you spend 20 minutes with them and they've been writing everything down and then they go, okay, great, thanks, I'm going to do my Amazon order now.
0: That's terrible.
1: And I'm so sad to hear that. That, that is me.
0: a kick in the guts. That That is. So people will actually say past. that to your face. I mean, they're openly dishonest. That's awful. Yes. yes. Hear, retail can be brutal. I, I know from first-hand uh, experience. Yeah, thankfully, most of our customers are really
1: great, and we do have our regulars, which is always nice because you've recommended them a book, and then they come back and you check in on whether they liked it. Yeah, so we do have really fantastic regulars who you see every week at the same time.
0: Yeah, that's, and that's
1: always really lovely.
0: Yeah, that well, that's that's heartening. I just want to go back to something you said earlier, Alexi. Um, mm-hmm. You said when if it's not a debut debut author it's their second book their third book um and you'll look at previous sales figures I'm just thinking of the author whose first book you know was not a commercial success and their second they're sure their second book is going to be great are they going to be forever held back by the lackluster sales of their first book
1: it does depend on when the book came out because we've gone through a period here where if the first book was what we can call a COVID casualty we'll reorder the reorder just one copy of the first one back in and then a little pocket of the second one to go you know what we're in lockdown people weren't really spending let's give you another chance Mm. so sometimes books do pick up Mm. Depending on if they've got a growing market I wouldn't say they'll be held back. It's not going If I think it's a book that the customers will like I'll still take a bit of a chance Mm, And go okay Let's try it again different time different market different book Okay, okay Just still give it a bit of support Mm. But if it's a book that we just took a bit of a punt on the first time only got a small pocket of it did, we didn't sell any copies mm. and it's not something that there's a lot of demand for. Mm. It might be a little bit more difficult to get a spot on the shelf.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I was wondering in terms of, again, you're an, someone who's an indie author listening to this how important Mm -hmm. it is to have a professionally designed cover and to make sure that a book is excellent quality because you're going to, or James is going to flip through through it, right? And check that, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a a great book.
1: So it's not so difficult to get a spot on the shelf, Mm -hmm. but customers don't always know if it's a self-published book or if it's coming from a huge supplier. So you have, have to keep in mind that it's going to be sitting next to a book that has been edited, mm. has gone through all of those rounds, does have a professionally designed cover. Mm. So we will still take a we will still take it more often than not.
0: Yeah. But if it's your book, if it's
1: a self-published author's book there, and then it's next to the News AD Smith.
0: Yeah, it's got to stand up to Zadie It is a
1: matter of, it does have to stand up and it is a matter of getting someone to part with that money for that book rather than one that has been designed professionally, edited,
0: Mm. all of that, if that that makes sense. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I have to say the most humbling, well, one of the most humbling parts on my journey to becoming an author Mm -hmm. was um, walking into your store and I was coming in to sign copies of my book and walking into the bookstore not as a buyer but as an author this time and just looking at the sheer number of titles, trying to find my own book. Like I walked in knowing what I wanted to find, finding it and then just thinking it was just overwhelming. Like it was like being in an ocean. You know, it's really, it's really hard to sell books, like quite fundamentally I think. It is. It is a matter
1: of... Ebooks are cheaper. Mm. People can buy them online cheaper as much as it is not great for us. That is how it happens. So yeah. getting a book into the hands of someone is a little bit of a challenge that way.
0: Mm. But it, it also kind of reaffirmed you have to market, you have to put yourself out there, you have to go on podcasts, because no one's, there's no trail of breadcrumbs into bookstores, right? So it's everything. Getting into the, a bookstore is, you, you know, you should give yourself a pat on the back, but there's a lot more that goes into getting people to go and buy it, right? Absolutely. Just, it's great having it on the shelf. That means that it's already passed
1: so many rounds yes. of everything. I couldn't even imagine <laughs> doing that just because I know how absolutely brutal it could be Mm. so once it's on the shelf there is just that added extra step of trying to get someone to pick up your book rather than Mm. someone else's so yeah book reviews podcasts radio that really Mm. does contribute especially when you have customers coming in going oh I heard about the book Mm. and you're there trying to put together what the book is but so many people do come in with Reviews clicked out or talking about what they heard on ABC Really? That's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. We get handed a little piece of paper and They've got it
0: written down and you go. Okay. Let's see if we've Let's see if we've got it. Hopefully we do. That's wonderful. I also I just want to end by saying how great I think you are to do all these events Um, your terms are great, you know, so um, an author, just, to, you know, to give a plug, if anyone's, you know, got a launch coming in Sydney, I would say highly recommend Better Read Than Dead because it's the, there's no room higher fee. You pay for the ticket, so it's around $5 for the ticket or you can buy a book with your ticket um, and it's a fantastic space in this amazing bookstore. Like for me there's no better place to have a book launch than in a bookstore with all these beautiful shelves everywhere. And that you're open to, to, you know, all authors is is wonderful as well. Yeah, no, we have an amazing
1: events team. We have two people that just work on events, and, and they're absolutely incredible. I'm not going to lie. It's, yes, shout out to Steph. She's amazing. Is, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely Steph has onto it. Working here for ten years now, and she's absolutely amazing at what she does. So. It's really wonderful having a great team that you can just, I don't really deal with events because we do have that team where they
0: just take care of everything Everything. and occasionally go, hey, this book, and you're like, great, yep, sounds good. Because Obviously yeah, I increase my order a little bit. Yeah, and you—I ha- mean, you have a, a reputation. Clearly, I mean, I've I've just booked mine in, um, and you had very few dates of March left, and it was the same. You know, I mean, it fills up quickly, and there's a launch every night of the week, which is amazing because it brings book lovers together with the author. Um, you know, because the launch is that's you know one of the most satisfying moments of life as an author, I think. Yeah, no, that's so wonderful. In.
1: Yeah. to do. They
0: are absolutely lovely and we book, we're
1: booking in stuff for August. Amazing. So, so we keep feelers out, we know ex- some books that we know are coming out will reach out and say you guys have this, we want it. Oh, wow, that's and so proactive. So the team is, they are very proactive and that makes things a lot easier mm-hmm. and also it means that we do have those relationships with the publishers and most of them they're absolutely wonderful to work with that's
0: amazing terrific all right well thank you so much for talking to us Lexi. that was really really enjoyable you're welcome thank you for having me thank you i hope you enjoyed listening to the henry books podcast you did, please subscribe and leave a rating. I wish you all the best with your book project.